You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens with Amy Johnson and Chris G. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Well, hello, Habs fans. Welcome to this week's edition of Canadians Connection uh, right here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged and entertained. Uh, My name is Amy Johnson and I will be your host for the next hour. This is episode 156 of the Canadians Connection and As always, I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, who happens to be the editor-in-chief, founder, and president of Rocket Sports, and that is the one and only Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thanks. It's great to have you here, and we can say it's game day. It is game day! Uh I haven't said that since uh, July. (laughs) It's not that long ago, actually, when you think about it. (laughs) No, it's not. But uh, it feels like it's been, it's weird. It feels like it's been forever. But then again, it feels like the Stanley Cup final was a blink of an eye ago. So So we have a game day. The Montreal Canadiens in Toronto against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm, That won't be contentious at all. Not at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty exciting. Uh, it's I, I know the whole Rocket Sports team is is fired up for it, geared up for it. One of our Rocket Sports team members might even be in attendance tonight, um, which is pretty fun. Um, and it's on TV and everything. Uh, yeah, it's, it is. <laughs> uh, it's uh, on Sportsnet. It's on RDS. If you're in the U.S., it's on the NHL Network. So uh, we expect all of you will be uh, following along. And uh, if you're on social media, follow us there as well. Absolutely. Uh, but to get you ready for that, we've got a great show lined up for you today. Um we're going to briefly just uh, bring you some memorable moments from uh, this week. Uh, just little news tidbits that uh, came out and about about uh, the Montreal Canadiens. And then we're going to get into some roster news. Uh, we actually have an injury report for you this week, which hmm, has some interesting things in it, uh, as well as um, just general um, roster news uh, and and. So so on and so forth before we then get into the prospect report uh, where we'll talk about the wrap up of Canadians rookie camp uh, and some additional uh, signings uh, that took place that will likely affect uh, the Laval Rocket this coming season. So we'll talk to you about that uh, and then really get into um, 
the the meat and potatoes of training camp and talk about what's uh, what what's happening at training camp, who is at training camp, what makes training camp look a little different this year, uh, and and really what is what's this lineup for the Habs going to be? We're going to take a deep dive into how Ducharme is approaching the camp, um, and uh, talk a bit about. Um, what lines seem to be lines and pairings seem to be set in stone and which ones uh, have a big question mark on them. Uh, And then we'll round out that segment with some general NHL news and notes for you before we get to segment two, which contains our big topic uh, training camp battles. There's a, that's, I mean, that's that's the, the crux of every training camp is who's battling for what positions, what positions are potentially up for grabs. And there are a couple of, of, of key roster spots that are uh, up for uh, someone to compete for. And so we're going to take a a really close look at those spots and the players who are vying to, to be on that opening night roster to fill out uh, the Canadians lineup. Uh, We've got lots of great audio for you in that segment from uh, press conferences from training camp this week. You don't want to miss that at all. Uh, Before we then, uh, Wrap things up in segment three, give you a preview of the week ahead, and send you on your way to get your game day ritual started. Get your drinks, get your snacks, get your gear on, and get ready for some Habs hockey. Didn't Ben Danke do something um, on our YouTube? Um, he did, actually. Uh, last uh, no, not last week. The uh, two week, two episodes ago, Ben Danku took us through his uh, game day rituals, food, drink, where you watch, who you watch with, what you wear, that kind of thing. Uh, head over to the All Habs YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash All Habs, and take a look for the game day rituals episode. I believe it was episode either 34 or 35. Uh, I think it was episode 34. And uh, check that out and then leave a comment. Let us know what your game day rituals are because you got to get them back going. Do you have superstitions? We want to know about them. Um, so it's going to be a great show today, Rick. Uh, we should remind folks that this is an interactive podcast. So where can they text, where can listeners text us uh, if they want to comment or, or contact us? Rocket Sports text line is 5853ROCKET, 5853ROCKET. If you prefer email, info at allhabs.net. Um, or just reach out to us on social media. Excellent. Speaking of that, you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And of course, visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. So let's get this started. Uh, that was a, It was a busy week for the Canadians. It was a busy week for the Rocket Sports team as well. I mean, we're kind of, we, we dove right back into uh, to season coverage, uh, daily press conferences, sometimes multiple times a day. It's It's been exciting. Uh, of course, uh, everything kicking off first with three rookie games that took place during rookie camp. Uh, and then, uh, of course, the Canadians have some preseason games upcoming. We're going to detail all of that uh, a little more uh, later on in the show. Um, so stay tuned for that. Of course, um, we want to remind you, you know, we've heard so much positive feedback, both from followers on social media, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or or even uh, folks commenting to us on the website um, that they're really enjoying, that they can depend on going to allhabs.net every weekday morning and they get a, a nice quick summarization of the latest 
things going on in, in, in the news regarding the Habs, and that is Chris G's Habs notepad that comes out on Mondays, and then Rick uh, comes through with a Habs headlines article every Tuesday through Friday morning. Uh, all of those publish around 6 a.m., so by the time you're getting up, getting your coffee, and getting on your way to work, uh, it's there to read. Uh, takes you five minutes to skim through the headlines, and Rick, it's a great way for people to just quickly consume all the latest Habs headlines and then get on their way. A uh, quick, easy read. Uh, you can even read it, read it while you're listening to uh, our podcast. Well, that's true. <laughs> uh, the Canadians Connection and do that on uh, all of your uh, favorite podcast apps. Uh, but this week, of course, uh, we focused on training camps. There was the rookie camp. There was uh, the, the main training camp that, that started this week. So uh, much of the information in Habs headlines, in Habs notebook, is about uh, training camps. But uh, just, just to pick out a couple of stories uh, that uh, uh, you might be interested in reading and, and that you missed, uh, you'll, you would find these two stories in Habs headlines. Absolutely. The first is, you know, we, all of the pundits are, are making their predictions for the season, whether it's, you know, early power rankings or who's going to be uh, the Calder Trophy winner, who's going to be the Vesna winner this year. Uh, but it's not just the journalists and uh, and and news folks who are, who are doing that type of thing. Uh, some of the players get in on that, too. In fact, Trevor Zegras uh, tweeting out this week uh, that he's predicting 40 goals for young Cole Caulfield this year. All right. Trevor Zegras. <laughs> It's fun. It's Trevor Zegras, a prospect for uh, the Anaheim Ducks. Both uh, Zegras and Caulfield taken in the 2019 draft. Both should be uh, front runners for mm-hmm. the uh, the Calder for best rookie. And uh, and and Zegras has confidence in in Caulfield for uh, the 40 goal mark. So <laughs> that's kind of fun. Or maybe he's just prodding him like. Hey Caulfield, I'm scoring 41, so you better, you better, you better <laughs> yeah, get close. Laying down the gauntlet <laughs> right, right there. <laughs> uh, another piece of news that uh, may have passed you by is uh, it came out in an uh, in an interview that Bill Daly did during the uh, the NHL media tour, uh, where he praised the Montreal Canadiens for their handling of Logan Mayu uh, since drafting him in the first round uh, back at the end of July, and and. He's he complimented uh, Bergevin and the Canadians organization for the steps they've taken to uh, help Logan Mayu put uh, resources and support in place for him. Uh, and and he was pretty complimentary overall in, in how they've handled this situation. Why that's important is because uh, the NHL said they were going to be monitoring this situation, that um, they might they might put in extra conditions or penalties or those kinds of things. Uh, but it sounds like they're pleased with the progress uh, so far. So that's, that's, uh, that's good news for the Canadians. Absolutely. Uh, so heading over now to some roster news. Um, once medicals, the, the first day of training camp was technically on Wednesday. And that was the day that uh, although the players weren't on the ice, they were doing uh, testing and undergoing their uh, medical exams. And after which the Canadians announced that five players failed their medicals. Now, a couple of those were, were to be expected. Carey Price, of course, still rehabbing from knee surgery. Paul Byron, uh, obviously not expected to, to, to pass his medical as he's uh, expected to be out uh, probably the first half of the season. Uh, Joel Teasdale still, uh, still not healthy as well. Um, what the two that were 
slightly surprising and then very surprising. We'll start with the slightly surprising was Josh Brook. Um, it seems that uh, he is out uh, with a lower body injury, I believe a knee injury. Knee injury, yeah. Um, and uh, he, there's no timeline on his return, although we've seen reports that it's going to be a couple of months. Uh, the big one, Rick, was Mike Hoffman. Suddenly, uh, Mike Hoffman's not cleared. Uh, Mike Hoffman's not ready to go. And then just today, Dominic Ducharme confirming that it's looking like four weeks for Mike Hoffman, not the way the Canadians expected to start. Very odd, unspecified injury, the, just termed as as lower body. Um, Mike Hoffman came to uh, came to Montreal and uh, kind of notified the trainers right away that something wasn't right. Um, but they, you know, he got some treatment and and uh, uh, then tried to skate on it, and something really wasn't right. So they scheduled an MRI, and and uh, it's gone from there. Uh, he hasn't been part of camp so far and won't be. Uh, and beyond that, as you said, uh, Dom Ducharme said uh, about four weeks. So that I think changes things. It changes mm-hmm. things as far as uh, the, the uh, line combinations uh, that uh, Dominic Ducharme might've had in mind uh, coming into camp. It changes uh, where Mike Hoffman was, was supposed to be particularly effective and that's on the the power play alignment um so uh, this 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 is a setback this is a disappointment mike hoffman one of the featured signings uh in the off season but as with everything uh this is an opportunity for someone Mm -hmm. uh to uh to move into that spot it definitely is. Uh, now, there were two other notable absences uh, to begin training camp, and that was uh, Joel Edmondson and Brendan Gallagher. Uh, Edmondson listed as day-to-day. In fact, he's been seen skating uh, by himself or with a trainer uh, during camp at Broussard, so he's he's getting pretty close. Uh, Brendan Gallagher uh, was stated that he was absent for family reasons, and, and Ducharme says that he's expecting him to take the ice for the first time uh, at practice tomorrow. Um, and, uh, hopefully we'll be, we'll be playing, uh, by the end of next week. The other, uh, <laughs> Rick, this was, this was the news and then more news and outrage and then question marks. And, uh, it came, it came to light that, uh, Jesse Alonen had opted to not receive a COVID-19 vaccination. Um, and so, we had wondered why he didn't begin the rookie camp uh, participating. That was because he was finishing up his quarantine, his mandated quarantine because he's uh, not vaccinated. Uh, and so big questions were put out there as turn as far as, you know, what does that mean for him? What does that mean for him with Laval? What does it mean with him? If he gets a call up or his chances to, to make the roster, um, and now it seems, and 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 he did an interview um, over in Europe saying that he wasn't pressured or anything by the Canadians. It was just now he's decided to get vaccinated. So he's allegedly, I think, received the first dose um, and has started skating uh, just in the last couple of days. And got into one game uh, with the rookies mm-hmm. um, on that top line with Jan Mishak and, and Raphael Harvey. Pinard took the Joshua Waz spot. Um, but it, yeah, it, it, uh, and, and the way this all came out, uh, the, the Finnish newspaper, Ilta Sanomat, I'm sure I 
the, our Finnish uh, <laughs> listeners are, are appalled at how I said that, but uh, they said uh, they were the first to report that he had reversed uh, the decision. Um, and and I think this sounds like a bit of miscommunication that uh, Yellonen didn't understand uh, that the protocols, um, the way the protocols were set up, governing governing non-vaccinated uh, uh, players, it would make things very, very difficult for them, especially, um, you know, uh, not being able to play games in the U.S., causing difficulties at the border and all of that. So um, uh, he he changed his mind, and, and as you said, not... Uh, uh, he confirmed that there was no pressure to do so, but it was it was more out of a, a lack of understanding. He made his first decision and and uh, and then reversed that. That is the case. So uh, looking forward to to seeing. Finally, maybe he'll get into a bit of a rhythm, and and hopefully we'll see him uh, in a preseason game here very shortly. Uh, the other uh, returnee to the lineup uh, at camp who has who has come with a lot of fanfare I should say uh, is Jonathan Drouin he is back at camp um, this this season already Um, and it's it's funny it's him skating at camp really hasn't been the news because the news centered around kind of a media spectacle that that was created by two exclusive interviews uh, that he granted to TBA uh, Chantal Maccabee uh, with uh, with RDS and TSN and and TBA uh, with Rena Lavoie. Um, and so talked about, uh, you know, why he suddenly left the team last spring, uh, what he's been doing in that time, what his goals are for this coming season. Um, as could be expected, they were relatively friendly interviews, um, not nothing real aggressive or, or um, anything like that. Um, and, and that's been, it's, that's been the focus of, of the media um, reporting around Jonathan Drouin this week has, has been what he said in those interviews how his teammates have responded to to what he said in those interviews and what his attitude has been on the ice. I actually haven't heard much about how he's actually played hockey in camp so far, but uh, Rick, it's it's been it's been quite a focal point. And quite odd, to be honest, um, that uh, there was there was this mystery, and and Jonathan Duran was was sheltered from media at the different golf tournaments that he participated in. He he ducked the media. Uh, he he you know the, all of these these things kind of kind of led you to believe that when he did come out, there was going to be a full reveal, and there wasn't that at all. Um, you know when he when asked what happened. Uh, what you know? What, how it was all died. He he didn't want to talk about it at all. Just glossed over it. Said uh, insomnia and anxiety, um, and uh, full stop. Let's talk about the future, kind of thing. Uh, I want to play center. I want to play with Caulfield. I want to play. It was it was just and and extremely short. Um, one of the one was ten minutes. One was twelve minutes. Something like that. Uh, where but they were basically a carbon copy of each other. Um, I, 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 I think that the disappointment, not, not that people need, uh, all the details, although if it's a physical injury, you know, that the reporters are right in there, uh, digging out all the details, but, um, not so much that it's that you want to know that, 
that someone has uh, accepted what happened, uh, dealt with it, uh, or is dealing with it, um, and has taken responsibility, and and uh, and and that's part of the healing process. Um, and it, it was the way it was dealt with. It it wasn't very serious in my in in my opinion, and and uh, um, and you know in in. You know, the, the medical professionals I've talked to this week thought the whole thing was rather dubious, particularly throwing in, in insomnia as, as uh, an issue when that's just a symptom. It's not really a mental illness in itself. So um, I guess all we can say is um, it was, we, we hope that he's he's dealt with it, uh, mm-hmm. the issue with, with uh uh, with seriousness and and that uh, it's not going to be an issue uh, going forward. Um, he's he's had so much uh, positive reinforcement from the team, from his teammates, from other players in the NHL. That um, you know, it, it, this this is he has the best opportunity uh, to uh, to show and and not just uh, Jonathan Dryan always has a good start to the season so that should that's just a given but it's it's when the season goes on and Dominic Ducharme talked about uh, that's something he's looking for that we really haven't seen uh, Jonathan Drouin since junior hockey you know since he's been in the NHL he's not been able to to put together a consistent 82 game effort so right. uh, that's what's going to be the key here that's right. And you know, Ducharme saying he's looking for consistency and, and that it's everything is in Duran's hands at this point. Uh, so we'll see what he what he's able to do. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's switch gears a little bit and uh, take a look at the Habs prospects. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report. Your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. All right, so as we mentioned earlier uh, in this segment, uh, Rookie Camp did wrap up uh, on Tuesday this week. It was a it was a high pace uh, all throughout the camp, very competitive. Uh, a couple of games took place. Um, you know, there were some the Habs lost both of the games against the Ottawa rookies. However, they did uh, put up a, a six to three victory over uh, the U sports collegiate all-star team. So um, it was a, a pretty lively affair. Uh, of course, um, there were, there were some few standouts, you know, Caden Gooley looked on the back end. Caden Gooley looked very good. Uh, Matthias Norlander, of course, was a, was a center of focus. Uh, absolutely. And, and Rick, there were just, there was a number of, of young prospects who you were just kind of starting to see for the first time in some, in some instances, uh, who, who made a, made a good impression and obviously were out there competing hard. For sure, um, and and fans may not be aware of uh, a player like Jan Mishak and and the twenty ten. Well, some media weren't uh, <laughs> given the questions he was asked. Um, weren't aware that he had uh, played twenty two games last uh, year with Laval Rocket, and and uh, he was he was uh, a standout in camp. Cam Hillis um, and Caden uh, Gooley, as 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 you meant mentioned, Johnny Fairbrother. Uh, Joe Verbedek was pretty good in goal as well. So mm-hmm. um, Riley Kidney, Riley Kidney, yeah. Uh, first uh, look at him, um, and uh, some some exciting prospects there. 
Absolutely. Uh, and uh, we saw how, you know, Jean-Francois Houle, who is the, the new head coach for the Laval Rocket, and, and his assistants were the ones, of course, who ran things for rookie camp. And, and Houle said that he was uh, some almost surprised at the, the, the pace and the intensity with which the rookies were attacking camp. Uh, and obviously plenty of them uh, impressed both that coaching staff and Ducharme's coaching staff and and Mark Bergevin and his front office because uh, of the group, Rick, 16 of those rookies were invited to the Habs' main training camp. Names like Fairbrother, Gooley that we've mentioned, Raphael Harvey-Pennard, uh, Cam Hillis, Jan Meshack, uh, Norlander, uh, Jesse Leolonen, I guess, uh, Joe uh, uh, Verbetic, um, Joshua Waugh, um, Arbor Chakai. Arbor Chakai. Um, yeah, a as bit of an po- unknown. As you pointed out, the only uh, tryout to uh, attend the rookie camp who was also invited to training camp. A bit of a, a tough customer. And, yeah, he is. And uh, maybe that's, uh, especially in the Ottawa games, and maybe that's what was valued there. But yes, the the only tryout who uh, who graduated uh, to the main camp. Uh so uh, we got through rookie camp, and as as rookie camp was wrapping up, um, some signings started popping up uh, early into into the first hours of training camp. The first of which uh, the Canadians announcing that they had signed defenseman Cody Golubev to a PTO, a professional tryout, meaning they're inviting him to training camp to see what he can do. Uh, Cody Golubev, of course, uh, has. Uh, about 160 games in the NHL. He's got over 300 in the AHL. It's where he played last year. He played for the Belleville Senators, the Ottawa Senators AHL affiliate. Got, uh, logged 31 games there last season. Um, and Rick, it, it, initially it seemed to sort of make sense that maybe once once the rumors of Josh Brooks' injury started coming out, it sort of made a little sense why they might be signing a 31-year-old defenseman to a PTO. That's right. Um, you know, he's going to be 32 in November. Uh, and uh, why why would you add him particularly? Uh, because he has um, uh, 342 games in the AHL. Why is that significant? Well, uh, the veteran rule uh, kicks in. And he's actually in the, the special category uh, where that goes. And, and the Rocket have quite a few players uh, in that category. So there would be some juggling necessary mm-hmm. if uh, Golubov is, uh, is retained. Uh, but uh, given the, as you said, the, the injury informa- uh, uh, information that's coming out, um, he was, he was uh, likely a stopgap um, for that, uh, that period. Uh, but then things, as they, they tended to do in, uh, prior, during training camp, uh, things changed all over again. They did, because uh, then another signing was announced that I know, Rick, you and I, when we first heard this news, immediately it was, okay, now there's a signing we can get behind. Uh, the Canadians announcing that they had signed uh, former Winnipeg Jets defenseman Sammy Niku to a one-year, two-way contract. Um, this, this, if we're talking about replacements for Josh Brook, this is a much... Uh, a much better and much more obvious solution, uh, Rick, for a number of reasons. Uh, his his ceiling and potential being one, his his age being another. Uh, this this is a, a in in a, in my opinion a, a solid signing for the Canadians. Very good signing. He's still a prospect, just twenty four years old. Uh, 
a, a puck-moving uh, defenseman. The Canadians have few of those. Um, and and uh, Sammy Niku was, um, you know, best defenseman in the AHL in 2018. Mm-hmm. And then uh, things started to fall apart a bit, and, and uh, uh, he, he fell into disfavor, I guess, uh, with the Winnipeg Jets to the point where uh, the, the two parties came together and, uh, and terminated his contract uh, in the last week or so, um, so that he could uh, pursue other opportunities as a free agent, and and part of it, um, uh, you know, when you when you listen to um, uh, the Jets, uh, Kevin Shovel Dayoff and Paul Maurice, part of it was was just happenstance, as you know, as we've seen with um, with uh, Ryan Paling running into injury issues uh, in in uh, camp that kind of slowed his his development. Uh, a couple of years ago, the same has had, had happened with Sammy Niku. Uh, he was on his way to, this was during training camp. He was on his way to the rink with Christian Veselina and they got in a car accident, mm-hmm. um, on Portage Avenue in Winnipeg. Uh, some woman turned in front of them and they broadsided her and, and they were injured when, when he came back after, uh, after that, um, he had, he had a groin injury and, uh, and then things just, and, and, uh, then the whole issue with, uh, with the jets and, and Bufflin leaving and, and Truba, uh, tra- the, the jets, uh, um, defense was in flux and, uh, to, to deal with the situation, they had to bring in some, uh, journeyman kind of defenseman, and mm-hmm. and that uh, that also affected Sammy Niku's uh, Niku's uh, uh, progression, but also perhaps his uh, his attitude, and and that's been uh, talked about. That um, you know he 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 uh, was a bit disappointed in in how things turned out, and and uh, and that happens with an organization, and perhaps a, a new start with a new organization. Uh, can bring back his uh, his joy with, for hockey and and uh, his his uh, as you said his ceiling his skill level is pretty high. It is. It's. Uh, uh, I would like to see him uh, reestablish uh, his his rookie season uh, abilities and confidence levels. And if he can do that, not only will he excel with the Laval Rocket, he could earn himself a call up. So uh, that is definitely a guy to watch for. Uh, not sure when he'll be reporting to uh, to camp. Um, and and Niku, of course, uh, was, had been put on waivers by the Jets, uh, unconditional waivers in, in to terminate his contract. And so he cleared those waivers. His contract was terminated. That's how the Canadians were able to acquire him. Um, and Rick, you did mention to me before we went on the air that he would need to clear waivers again if he would when if he's cut from camp and sent to Laval he would have to clear waivers again that's true there there's a, a, a large number of, of players uh, that are in that category and uh, and and probably uh, safe at the beginning of, of uh, once training camps over to go to Laval but um, during the season if he ever had a call up to go back would require waivers that's correct. Um, so, uh, what we actually, uh, encourage you to do is to be sure to check out the most recent episode of the Press Zone Montreal podcast that came out this past Tuesday. Um, as I said, uh, Rick and I went, 
uh, way in depth on the second half of rookie camp. Lots of audio there. We discussed more in depth uh, the rookie games and how those went. In addition, Patrick Williams joined us for a new AHL hot stove topic, uh, talking about you know, really, um, can can we expect a normal season ahead in the AHL? We talked about things like Yessi Alone and uh, Zach Ronaldo uh, being sent to the AHL because he had chosen not to be vaccinated, uh, and and the complications that that those scenarios will pose for teams and for players and for management, uh, as well as some uh, a question put out there uh, by a, a respected. Uh, reporter uh, about whether or not a taxi squad will be needed in the NHL this year. So we explore all of that. Um, a taxi squad for goaltenders. For just goaltenders, to, to yes. To be specific. For yeah. goaltenders. So we explore all of that, the ins, the outs, the ups and downs, the pros, the cons, offer an opinion or two. So be sure to go to thepresszone.fm and check out uh, episode 216 of the Press Zone Montreal. And of course, bookmark ahlreport.com uh, and you'll want to be checking there uh, daily as we had uh, Chris G was was in the press box in Ottawa for the first rookie game on behalf of Rocket Sports. I, I then, and had a full recap of the game, I then did the same thing for the second game. Uh, so you'll want to be bookmarking ahlreport.com and checking in on all of that prospect information and game recaps as Laval's preseason is set to start in just about uh, two weeks, a week and a half. Uh, so we invite you to be there and read often, mm-hmm. <laughs> share often. Uh, but for now, Canadians tra- training camp fully in swing and underway. 70 players were invited, which is an enormous amount of players to have a training training camp. Um, Split into three full groups, um, which Rick, this is okay. So this is the first training camp. People might forget that this is the first training camp Dominic Ducharme's been in charge of running. Um, you know, he he became head coach just uh, midway through uh, last season. So, yes, he's participated in Habs training camps uh, in, in the prior year, but those were ones that were run by Claude Julien. So now Dominic Ducharme's at the helm. Uh, and so what does that mean for this training camp? Are, are we expecting to see training camp run the same way that it normally does? 70 players, so many players that I think the Canadians lost track because um, they're on their fourth or fifth edition of the <laughs> the roster. Who was it um, that weighed 88 pounds? <laughs> uh, that was Matthew Perot, weighed 88 pounds. He had a, a tough offseason. Yeah, he really um, did. <laughs> Christian Dvorak was nowhere uh, to be seen, which no. caused a panic on social media. Um, Cole Caulfield grew, uh, several inches. inches. (laughs) Yeah. He was five, nine. And then, and I, we understand there's, there's, there's uh, fudging that, no, there's fudging that goes on all the time with, uh, with heights and weights, but Five six is pushing it. Uh, um, never mind five nine. And uh, then I'm five seven and a half, and I have stood face to face doing a one on one interview with Cole Caulfield. I know that I'm taller than yeah, him. Yeah, he needs skates to. Um, <laughs> and then Stevens Point, uh, Wisconsin, was moved to Michigan, and, and there was all kinds ah. of there was all kinds of problems. <laughs> uh, but. Um, yes, to, sorry, to answer your question, this is different. Uh, this isn't a Claude Julien-led uh, training camp, and, and that's what fans are used to seeing. And what does that mean? Well, a, a Claude Julien uh, training camp, um, Claude uh, poured over lineups, 
uh, all in the off season. And uh, in fact, in one of his uh, off season interviews, he had the his list in front of him that uh, uh, of 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 his lines uh, that was talked about. Um, and came to camp, wanted to keep his players together, wanted to, to develop chemistry through training camp. There wasn't much uh, tinkering, a little bit, but uh, not much tinkering. It kind of uh, went that way. Dominic Ducharme, completely different coach. And um, I, he, he has said that, that there's going to be some uh, experimentation. He's going to try some, some combinations out. Uh, and with the number of, of, of wingers that uh, the Habs have, they're winger heavy. Um, there's and now because of some injury situations, there's going to be uh, it's going to things are going to look quite different uh, than uh, maybe uh, folks had in mind, or certainly the coaching staff had in mind. Um, but uh, I think that that. Um, the, the Dominic Ducharme has 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 made the the circuit uh, over the last several weeks, mm-hmm. uh, sitting down with with Sportsnet, with TVR, with uh, with all of them, um, and and we're getting a better sense of of uh, who Dominic Ducharme wa- is, and and you know we had a sense because we we met him and worked with him when he was with uh, the world the world junior squad. Um, and, uh, but we're getting, and, and, and fans had a, a bit of a sense of, of when he, uh, you know, or, uh, was put into the role of head coach, uh, mid season, but now we're, we're getting a better sense. And, um, I, there were some things that he said in the various interviews that I thought were, were interesting in that. I think they'll provide us some, um, insight into how he's going to manage this season. Um, I think you know one of the one of one of his shortcomings, and and we 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 learned that um, right away was was in in communicating. He's mm-hmm. he's he doesn't like to he you know, he told us he doesn't doesn't like to talk to the media, uh, but he he needs to be a head coach needs to be a strong communicator. Um, we've found the best communicators in uh, press conferences are often the best communicators uh, in in sitting down with with players and and whether he realizes that or realizes that he needs to add a piece to uh, a, a person who is strong in that regard uh, to his coaching staff. To his credit, he went out and got a strong communicator in in Trevor Litowski mm-hmm. as assistant coach. Um, and and he recognized that that Latowski uh, is a strong communicator, uh, does talk with players, does listen to players. We heard that from Latowski. Yeah. Um, and and his role will be for the most part looking uh, working with the forwards, but also being a, a, a sounding board. Um, I I, th- I think the other thing that we've heard a lot of uh, from both Ducharme. And from Bergevin is this whole business about self-evaluate the players mm-hmm. and their self-evaluation, their self-assessment. Um, I thought it was interesting that um, in the interviews, um, I, I I wonder how much self-assessment is taking place in the coaching staff um, because Dominic Charm talked about uh, that that being down three games to one to Toronto, it wasn't till after that, that his, his system was uh, fully in place and that 
players embraced it. And then, you know, his, uh, his, his, his methods took over and that propelled them to the Stanley cup final. Um, that's, that's a bit of a generous take, I think, <laughs> uh, given that, I mean, it, it, it was, it, you can't, you can't, you can't say that and, and not acknowledge Carey Price in that conversation at all. Um, well, unless your system is just, um, give up a lot of goals and then pray that your goaltender can bail you out. If that's your system, then give up then a lot yes. of shots. Yeah. Even <laughs> in that, uh, that overtime game, which the Canadians needed to win shots were 13 to two or something in the overtime carry price and be save the day until uh, the Canadians were able to score and, and win and, and finish that series. And I, th- I thought that was, was, uh, a little unusual. Um, well, and also the comment about, like, I coach the way I coach. Well, that's, yeah, that, that's, um, I, I, I thought that was, was very odd that, um, that, that he said that, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I have no room to grow. I have no room to, well, he said he had no time for growth, uh, that, uh, the summer was busy and, and, uh, you know, he only had 10 days off and, and we, you talk to the players, Nick Suzuki for one said, uh, I had two weeks off and then I was back, I was back working. Uh, so, I mean, it's not that different. Um, but yes, he had said that, that, uh, he, he, uh, he is what he is and, and he'll coach how he's always coached and, uh, and, and there's no opportunity for change. You want the players to learn. You want the players to grow. You want the players to develop, but and reevaluate um, and 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 self-assess. Um, I thought for a uh, uh, going into his first full season as an NHL head coach, that was a remarkable thing for him to say. Remarkable, right? Uh, and not in a good way. No, um, really disappointed in that. Well, and in addition to that, there was a comment about. Um there was a comment, kind of like a side comment about, you know, he talked about coaches who have influenced him, coaches in the past who he's talked to, uh, Babcock being one, Hitchcock being one. Um, but then kind of had a throwaway comment at the end of a sentence where he, he basically said, but but coaching is the same no matter what league you're in, um, which uh, is, I, I'm sorry, I realize I'm not I'm not a hockey coach, but on the face of it, that's just not accurate. Well, particularly um, when he talked about every young player comes in, they ha- they need to be able to evaluate themselves. They need to use the toolbox. We've heard this toolbox. Yeah, I'm tired of the toolbox. Um, uh, 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 playing against the best players. Um, and and their assessment and the toolbox is 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 likely different than it was in junior hockey, in the AHL, or in Europe. It's different. And yet, but the coach five minutes <laughs> later, um, he said, "Yeah, it wasn't even with with yeah." He was talking about coaching, but he said the game isn't different um, at any level. So that's why I'm able to talk to. Um, he said, I, "I I didn't have time to to uh, talk to uh, NHL coaches, uh, but I reach out to coaches at other levels, uh, and it's not a big deal because uh, hockey's the same at any level." Um, and I thought that was a, you know, a bit of a, well, not a bit, that was a, a big contradiction right there. Um, so I, you know, he, he talks about players 
their assessment, their accountability, their growth, their need to change. Um, but he hasn't looked in the mirror and, and, uh, and seen that with respect to himself. Now let's hope that is just, uh, you know, um, a coach that was, was rushed into the circumstances he was, and, and hopefully he's going to realize, uh, over the course of the next, uh, season that, uh, he needs to he needs to adapt as well. Absolutely, um, because if he thinks that he's going to, I mean, he was he was thrust into uh, an NHL coaching position unexpectedly and without much warning uh, in the middle of last season, the first time ever being an NHL head coach, and so that was kind of you know on the job learning, uh, just and and had a support system with him to to help him um but yes as you say this is his first season uh on his new contract uh of being a head coach at the NHL level and so i you know we all can we all can relate to uh there wasn't a lot of wiggle room or time in this very 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 abbreviated off season to tackle all of the things that you normally would in the off season but I certainly hope that that doesn't mean that he's just abandoned the learning process uh, for being an, an NHL head coach other than the on-the-job learning that he's continuing to do. I, I hope he taps into some of those resources and, and gets some uh, guidance and tips and advice from, from respected members uh, in the hockey coaching community who have the experience. And that comes from listening. And uh, we haven't heard, you know, even he was asked a question about um, uh, Jesperi Kotkaniemi. Why did his end of season meeting take so long? Uh, because we had lots to tell him and we needed to repeat it to make sure that he understood. I didn't hear him say that, that uh, they sat down and listened to what was said. Uh, I, th- I think that's the, going to be the biggest lesson for the coach is, is listening so that he can learn. Absolutely. I, I f- firmly, <laughs> firmly agree with that because if if all they're doing is doing the talking, but they don't allow their players the opportunity to to also talk and sit and as coaches listen, or if their players are talking and it's just going in one ear and out the other for the coaches and they're not listening, then you're going to continue to have a lot of breakdowns between coach and player. Uh, like we saw this summer with Kakanyemi, and that's not a direction that the organization wants to uh, to go. So that really means uh, we we've got this new look uh, for training camp. We've got a new head coach at the helm uh, for the first time at training camp in in recent seasons. So what does that mean for all of these lines and defensive pairings, and and how is it going to to come together into an opening night roster? Well, the one thing. Uh, one question has really been answered from the get-go uh, from the first day of camp and that uh, the top line looks like, for all intents and purposes, it is going to be Nick Suzuki at center, uh, centering Tyler Toffoli and Cole Caulfield. Um, when asked, uh, both of of the youngsters in that line uh, were pretty pleased with, with the fact that the three of them have, have returned together. In fact, uh, this is uh, Nick Suzuki was the first one who was asked about his thoughts on this trio uh, coming back in this camp. Yeah, it's uh, great to get back on the ice with those two. Uh, we have a lot of fun playing together, uh, a lot of fun off the ice too, just hanging around. So uh, we built a lot of great chemistry together and uh, looking forward to staying together through camp and into the season. 
So, uh, yes, there's experimentation, there's trying different combination, but each coach needs an anchor. Uh, needs an anchor at, at forward, at defense, and goal. Carey Price is obviously um, Dom Ducharme's uh, uh, anchor and goal. Uh, the first line, as Claude Julien had Thomas Tatar and, and Phil Deneau and, and Brendan Gallagher, uh, the anchor for Dom Ducharme is the line of Toffoli, Suzuki, and Caulfield. It was the line that was uh, productive um, during uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs and and showed some chemistry. And uh, certainly they liked playing together. That's obvious uh, from Suzuki's comments. Mm-hmm. We've heard it from Toffoli. We've heard it from Caulfield. Um, and, uh, and Suzuki went one step further and said, we hope we stay together, uh, you know, for some time. That's right. And, and when Caulfield was asked, he echoed a lot of the sentiments Suzuki had about, uh, being pleased to be back playing with, with those other two on, on the line, on that line, but also talked a bit about their expectations. Yeah. I mean, you're going to expect us to produce offense. And, um, you know, I think we got a deep lineup this year. Um, everybody can kind of move around and, and we can just find what works. But um, I put that pressure on myself too. Um, it doesn't have to come from anybody else, but I'm looking forward to the challenges here. You have to pick and choose what you pull out of coffee because he's so, <laughs> he has so many just cliches. Put your hand in the bag of cliches <laughs> and see what you pull out. <laughs> but uh, yes, he, he uh, likes uh, being in the spotlight. And, uh, but he said that's going to come with some expectations that that line uh, they'll be together as long as they can produce offensively. That's that's their job. And it is their job. It's something that, you know, the, the Canadians desperately need uh, a line that is going to dependably and consistently put up points. Uh, and if 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 this trio is able to do what they they the chemistry that they were able to find in the playoffs, if they can do that consistently, that is a good foundation for the Canadians to, to start from. Um, as far as the second line goes, it's looking like Christian Dvorak is, is likely going to be the second line center. Um, right now with Gallagher, not at camp, uh, he's, he's centering Jonathan Drouin and Josh Anderson. Uh, it's possible that maybe Gallagher slots in there, uh, once, once, uh, the week progresses. Um, but, but Rick, right now it's, it seems as though, uh, Devo will be the, that second line center. And it makes sense, uh, given the way uh, uh, Christian Dvorak plays. Uh, he's he's plays well in in the defensive zone. Um, he's he's kind of like a winger in the offensive zone, where he likes to go get the puck and and uh, and likes to to. Uh, uh, set it up for his wingers. We know that Jonathan Duran doesn't like to do that. We know Jonathan Duran doesn't like to play in his uh, defensive zone. Uh, um, uh, Josh Anderson is another guy who will go in and, and uh, create some havoc, dig the puck, get to the front of the net. Um, Dvorak goes to the net as well. So um, there's there's some good chemistry there. And, and we've seen that off-ice, uh, that uh, there was a bit of a friendship between Anderson and, and Duran. Uh, so all of that kind of makes sense, other than the fact that uh, Dvorak, if he's replacing Deneau, is going to be up against uh, the opposition's uh, best lines, and it's going to be a bit of a shutdown line. And and uh, can uh, Josh Anderson, who both uh, Anderson and, and Duran have defensive uh, liabilities, can they... 
can they play on that kind of line? And and maybe it is Gallagher who slots in for Josh Anderson uh, there to to make it a more balanced line. So you talked about how um, you know uh, that top line of Toffoli, Suzuki, Caulfield is is an anchor for Dominic Ducharme, and that uh, on the back end uh, the anchor is likely going to be uh, Joel Edmondson and Jeff Petrie. Uh, however, um, you know, Dujarm and Bergevin have, have said, you know, David Savard is going to be someone that they're going to look to, to, to replace at least a, a good deal of minutes, uh, left open with Shea, Shea Weber not being available this season. Um, so, you know, Rick, really, if, if, if they're, if, if David Savard is going to be the guy that they're looking to help pull in those kinds of minutes, um, the question is who, you know, who's going to be paired with him? It is a, it is a good question. And, uh, David Savard played really well, uh, for Tampa in, in the playoffs. Um, but it, it wasn't, uh, big minutes. It, it wasn't, um, you know, in, in all situations, um, he, with Columbus, he has played, uh, on the penalty kill, not so much with Tampa, um, we saw him on the third pairing. We saw him in more of a sheltered role in Tampa. We saw him play very well with Mikhail Sergachev, um, and, uh, and, and provide kind of, a, a, a physicality playing 13, 14 minutes. Uh, that's, that's not what Shea Weber was doing. Um, so he's, I think, uh, in Montreal, he'll be expected to play a, a different role than he played in Tampa, uh, where he where he he was um, in a particular lane um, and and here's uh, there's been, been quite a few people talking about him uh, taking Shea Weber's minutes playing like Shea Weber and this is what he had to say about that I mean I'm a, I'm not Shea Weber you know I, I just I, I'm not going to replace him I'm just going to be myself you know I'm just there's there's not more than I can do I think I'm, if I if I stay be in my limits and, and play my game, I'll help the team and, and be a positive positive impact on the team, and that's all I'm going to do. Stay in your lane, um, and uh, this is re- really a, a talking about self assessments. Talk about self evaluation. There's uh, it couldn't be plainer from David Savard. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's here's how I evaluate myself, and here's uh, how I can best contribute to the team. I think, given the the uh, the pieces that uh, the Canadians have on defense, they may be expecting uh, him to do a little bit more than that. Well, and and I appreciated that he's not one coming in with the bluster of it's okay. I, you know, I can fill Shea Weber's minutes. I can, he's he's not coming in with that kind of attitude. He's saying, "Look, I, I'm not Shea Weber. I'm David Savard," and so. While, yes, I'm going to help the team however I can, here's how I'm going to do that, but don't expect me to be Shea Weber 2.0. And be great to have Romanov, like Sergeyev, it'd be great to have Romanov with Savard, uh, and and Savard, the, the veteran, being able to make up for uh, some of the, you know, uh, natural mistakes. But at times, then, do you want to, uh, uh, you know, the Canadians played a very, uh, a role where they were very tough, very physical on uh, on uh, opposing forwards. 
Um, and so would you want a Savard and a, a Sherat together to do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and put Romanov with, uh, you know, with, with another player. Um, there's, I think there's going to be a lot of trial during uh, training camp. And then I think this is going to be something that's going to evolve. It's not going to be settled by training camp. This is something that's going to evolve a fair bit uh, as we go through the season. I think so. Uh, and, and even saying that, uh, there's really not a whole lot uh, solidified um, at, at this point. Um, you know, Ducharme was asked how he wants to use training camp. And he said that, you know, you have to, uh, you have to make the best of training camp. You have to, to take everything out of it that you can. And he, he talks about, you know, wanting to have different looks at different lines and different defensive uh, pairings and, and give opportunities to different players and slot guys in here, see how they look, see where there's chemistry, see where there's not. Uh, and so he kind of, he told the media this week, uh, a kind of a, a roundabout basis on what his expectations for for the flow and and his timeline for decision making was going to be for camp. But I mean, it's the number of games that we have that we need to manage manage so that uh, you know, our guys end up playing six exhibition games. So after the fourth one, we should be getting clo- much closer to our game our team. And I'm not saying we're going to be exactly that, but you know we're going to be much closer. So we're going to have two games left really to tune up for the first game. So um, he said there's going to be no one who's going to play all six exhibition games that they'll use the, basically the plan is the first four to make evaluations. uh, And then the last two, that will kind of be the lineup that will, that, that will be the, the more or less, uh, the, the, the final lineup and they'll use the last two games to prepare for opening night. Boy, that's kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. means we're getting close. Very. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we talked about the top two lines. We talked about the top two defensive pairings, but it also means, uh, you know, there's parts of the lineup that we left out that mean that the competition in this camp is really taking place. And, and coming up very shortly here in segment two, we're going to take a closer look at those competitions and who is vying for those coveted spots. Uh, before we get there, though, let's just uh, quickly touch on some NHL news and notes. Uh, the Olympic hockey schedule for the 2022 Winter Games in Beijing has been announced. Uh, the men's uh, hockey tournament uh, portion of the Winter Games uh, starts on February 9th. Uh, Group A takes the ice February 10th, and that's where we'll see the U.S. playing China and Team Canada facing off against Germany. Uh, all Both of those games taking place on February 10th. And uh, Rick, I think folks might want to set an alarm. <laughs> well, yeah, take January to catch up on your sleep because you're right. not going to get much in February during the Olympics. <laughs> Olympics in Beijing, uh, games, uh, typically as you look through the schedule, uh, games start at 11 p.m. Eastern time, mm. uh, 3.40 a.m., Eastern time or nope. eight ten a.m. <laughs> Eastern time. Those are the 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 three starting times uh, for games. So. I don't mind coffee hockey in the morning. <laughs> That's always good. Yeah, it's not bad. Three forty is not happening. That's just not no no. That's just not happening. We have a couple of uh, folks on our uh, on the Rocket Sports team that uh, you can find on Slack at that time. So well, you're one of them. That's true. That's why I know. <laughs> 
You are one of them. We do have a couple of uh, those tr- that we, yeah, we, I think there's, there's at least three of three of you now that uh-huh. uh, post midnight, post one o'clock, post two o'clock can still be found on our, on our team Slack and the rest of us wake up to a flurry of messages. <laughs> um, NHL talked uh, this week about capacities in rinks for the NHL season. Yes, we are still dealing with a pandemic. And uh, while there are s- uh, plenty of uh, arenas that are expected to have full capacity, there are some uh, cities and markets who will be experiencing a continuation of reduced capacities in some of the Canadian NHL arenas this season. NHL sent out a memo um, this week saying that uh, all Canadian arenas uh, will be at full capacity except uh, Rogers Arena in Vancouver, which would be at 50%, and the Bell Centre in Montreal, which would be at 33%. And then the Ontario government said, hold the phone. Um, uh, no, that doesn't apply to the Leafs or Senators. Uh, on f- Friday, they made the announcement that uh, they'll be uh, limited to 50%. So, uh, a good portion of the Canadian arenas uh, are going to be uh, less in capacity due to COVID protocols. Uh, that same doesn't apply uh, to the U.S. Uh, NHL teams. No, and there's a whole multitude of other uh, protocols that were listed, you know, which team, which arenas will require proof of vaccination and which won't, which arenas will require masks which ones won't uh, there's all sorts of, of stipulations it's going to be it's going to be a complete potpourri mixed bag depending mm-hmm. depending on which market you're in which arena you're going to which i think um frankly makes it interesting that players are visiting all of these teams uh, all of these arenas but uh their home arena may be something completely different so it's a uh, uh, consistency is is not across the board. Let's just put it that way. Uh, and f- finally, in this segment, uh, NHL announcing some more things this week. And uh, cross-checking has been something, uh, you know, whether you love it or you hate it, uh, everyone knows when you see a, a cross-checking call get missed or a cross-checking call, a, a cross-check that goes, that crosses a line, really. And the NHL has announced that they are cracking down on cross-checking this coming season, Rick, um, saying that uh, they're, they're, they're not, they're going to call, they're going to call cross-checking a lot sooner than they normally would have. Well, two things. Um, it, it was this the most pressing rule that had to be addressed? No. Um, and number two, shall we call it the Austin Matthews rule? Um, <laughs> remember that on the very first game of the new season, which happened last January, between the Montreal Canadiens and Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, there were cross checks uh, delivered uh, on both sides of uh, both teams. And Austin Matthews had a, a battle going all game long with Ben Sherratt. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, uh, uh, Austin Matthews broke, uh, after repeated cross-checks to Ben Sherratt's forearm chest, he broke his stick in half. Nothing happened. Uh, ben Sherratt then hammered the back of, of Austin Matthews in front of the net. And it was um, an agent uh, that had worked on on Matthews contracts at the same uh, 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 agency as as um, Austin Matthews agent, who said, 
He tweeted, it was so great to see NHL hockey back last night. Such amazing athletes, so much speed and skill in the game. But watching the abuse that star players take is hard to watch. It felt like the 80s with cross checks in the back and hacking and slashing. NFL protects quarterbacks. Why don't we? My goodness, everybody mm. jumped up and and it was so it, it was such a dumb comment that you had Austin Matthews saying, "Oh, I didn't have anything to do with what he said." <laughs> uh, back completely away from that uh, because uh, it's pretty easy to figure out who a quarterback is on on an NFL uh, lineup. But are we going to start designating players on each NHL team that mm-hmm. we want to protect that are the star players that maybe wear a different colored jersey that? Um, I mean, well, let's make it, them a target. <laughs> oh, it's just really, really, really dumb. It is. Um, and and Mike Johnson joined into that equally dumb. Um, th- this is this is something that has been brewing and that general managers have talked about through the season, and so they jumped on it with uh, when they they had their general meetings. So again, this is going to be one of those rules that. Uh, as they say in their release, um, it's a, a judgment call and not black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, r- referees may allow players to use the shaft of their stick to guide their opponent, to push their <laughs> opponent. But if that guiding or that pushing becomes uh-huh. excessive, then a penalty will be called. So we're going to see, in, uh, and, and why we're mentioning it here is because you're going to notice a ton of cross-checking calls uh, at the beginning of the, the season. Um, cross uh, Last year, uh, on average, cross-checking calls were called once every three games. Once every three, there was a cross-checking call. You're going to see it in every game this year from the start. Um, so just fair warning, <laughs> we're telling you now, uh, it's, it's going to be called, uh, early and often and, uh, be prepared for a, a, a different way of, of, uh, of viewing, uh, players like Ben Sherratt, uh, and, and, and others who protect the front of the net. And my addendum to that is, um, I will, yes, I agree with you that it's, they're going to come hard and heavy with it at the beginning of the season. My question will be, will they, is consistency, will they carry it through the season? Uh, So I'm, I'm calling this a, I will believe that they're cracking down on cross-checking when I see them still doing it uh, with the same intensity in January that they're going to do starting in October. So we shall see. Good point. All right, uh, we are going to take our first break here on the Canadians Connection. Still to come, of course, uh, we are going to, in the next segment, talk about our big topic where we're discussing the training camp battles and the positions that are up for grabs uh, in this training camp. And uh, it's it's certainly a, a big question mark. So we'll have that. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Week two of football, it's in the books. And now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Now, listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any Week 3 game to get $150 in free bets instantly. 
Now, if Sportsbook isn't yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Amy Johnson. You can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. And you can follow him at All Habs on Twitter. Uh, of course, follow this podcast at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And of Visit our website, CanadiansConnection.com. And uh, just a reminder to hit that subscribe button, uh, either on the player uh, that you're listening to this right now or just your favorite podcast app. Just be sure you are subscribed so you never miss an episode of the Canadians Connection. Okay, Rick, so uh, segment two, this is our big topic. We've got training camp battles. As we said in the previous segment, uh, we talked about uh, the top uh, couple of lines being set uh, top couple of defensive pairings being set, but that leaves the bottom six and the bottom pairing um, and and up for grabs. And there's there's some um, mostly the fourth line and the and the bottom defense pair is where the focus is going to be for for competition f- to grab those spots. Um, so I, I I guess we'll start with with the forwards, um, and it really comes down to the centers. Because that's the big question: is what who's going to be the the center depth? Uh, so we know Suzuki, we know uh, Dvorak's going to be there, but then the bottom two center slots, who's that going to be? You've got Jake Evans, you've got Ryan Paling, you've got Cedric Paquette, um, and of course, you know Jake Evans has has had an impressive uh, past season. It seems that he's kind of really coming into his own. Uh, he's he's stuck with the NHL team. Uh, he's getting, you know, he gets a lot of positive comments uh, from from guys like Dominic Ducharme uh, talking about his physicality, his his defensive abilities, uh, his his strength on the puck. Um, you know, he's he's really kind of coming into his his own a bit. Um and so when asked, you know, well, okay, you had you had that experience uh, last season uh, playing playing with the NHL team and, and having some progression. And again, Rick, this kind of harkens back to your self-assessment uh, theme. He was asked to, to, to pinpoint what are the areas that you really feel became more clear to you uh, last season and, and where do you think you improved? As time went on uh, last season, I felt more comfortable with the puck and especially in the offensive zone or, or bringing it up and slowing it down a little more. Sometimes I kind of would grip my stick a little too much or 
just focus on making that really safe play instead of slowing it down. Maybe there's an open guy and stuff like that. So I think just with time, um, like I've been saying, like you just understand the game more. And I, and I do think I can contribute a lot more offensively. And I, I felt like I was a little more as the year went on and uh, towards the end of the year and in playoffs a bit. Two of uh, the biggest assets for uh, Jake Evans are his speed mm-hmm. and his vision. And um, uh, he, he with with vision, you want to take your time, read the play, uh, make a good play. Uh, with speed, you want to use it. You want to, and and those were a bit in in uh, bit, bit counteracting each other. And and he said that there were times that uh, he realized uh, as he got more comfortable that uh, he needed to slow things down so that he could make the right play. He could make the right decision. And rely on on uh, his vision and ability to to read the play, um, so that's that's uh, that that's really good uh, um, self assessment of of uh, and, and I'm sure that's come with uh, conversations with the the coaching staff and how he can best use his skill set to uh, to provide an impact on the ice. Absolutely. And and for all intents and purposes, I foresee Jake Evans as the third line center. Um, I really think the the question mark is going to be who who of Paling or Paquette is going to fill out that fourth line uh, center role. And I say this because I, Jake Evans has really steadily improved his game every season. Uh, he has a very mature outlook. We've taught we actually talked about this on the press zone earlier this week. Uh, you know, he has a mature attitude. He always has. Um, and and he under, he has understood for a while. I mean, don't forget this kid's a seventh round draft pick. Um, you know, he's he's someone who understood early on that being an NHLer was going to be an uphill battle and he was going to have to earn it. Um, and he got his confidence got knocked around a little bit early, early on in his pro career. But ever since I would say two seasons ago, he has been on a steady upward trajectory. Um, and I really see the growth that he showed last year uh, was very encouraging. Uh, he's he's as to use a phrase I used a few minutes ago, he's really coming into his own. And I foresee this as being a year that he has a bit of a breakout. Um, and, and I'm really hoping that's the case for him. Um, Part of that is who he gets to play with. And and he commented about um, what an asset it is to play with Yoel Armia. Um, yeah, I like, uh, I love playing with Armia's uh, strong, smart, skilled player. Um, I think he's very underrated player. He's uh, just a really strong player. And then very underrated player, um, very strong on the puck. And um, what he didn't say is is uh, he's a good match for um, uh, Jake Evans, mm-hmm. um, as is Arturi Lekkonen. Arturi Lekkonen and Jake Evans showed a lot of chemistry. Uh, both are very speedy guys. Both like to uh, go after the puck and forecheck hard. Uh, both, uh, you know, can can uh, are, be responsible for for uh, uh, creating turnovers, um, and uh, and their vision helps them with with creating scoring opportunities as well. Mm-hmm. I, How? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, let me just say the however. Yeah. Why is Jake? So if Jake Evans is is locked in, if he's relied on, if he's progressed. 
uh, okay, let's hand him the 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 third line center spot then, and and this this segment is called training camp battle. So there's no battle there. It's Jake Evans. However, Arturi Lekkinen and Yol Armia aren't likely to be on the third line. Those are likely to be uh, and and with injuries and and uh, Mike Hoffman, those things are going to change mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, but if all else being equal, if, if everybody's healthy, uh, Lekkanen and Armia are likely to be really effective fourth line players and Jake Evans could be really effective with them. Um, so it's not, uh, uh, the, the, the natural, um, kind of instinct is to, is to say, well, Suzuki's the best center. So he's first, Dvorak is, is uh, the second best. So he's. Uh, Jake Evans is the third best. So, but this is a puzzle. This is mm-hmm. how, this is how uh, this the the center uh, is able to have chemistry and complement uh, his wingers. And I think uh, is Jake Evans uh, a good match with with players like Brendan Gallagher, who may be on the third line, with Josh Anderson, who may be on the third line, with Mike Hoffman, who may be on the third line. Boy, that's a question for me. That I don't know about that. Uh, I see more on that. And, and could he grow into that role? He sure could. Uh, but at this point, that's why I think that um, Jake Evans is is uh, in in play here. Uh, he's going to be part of this. This uh, Bergevin likes him. Ducharme likes him. He's going to be part of the mix. But it shouldn't be seen as an insult if he ends up as the center of the fourth line. So I think, uh, there's, you know, there's in play, uh, for, for these training camp battles for decision-making is Jake Evans, Ryan Paling and Cedric Paquette. And, uh, those three players could end up in those two center slots, uh, in a variety of combinations. Le- I, I think you've just been missing Chris G's disagreeing with you. <laughs> so, you so you needed so to bring be- it in a little, <laughs> you needed to make sure that we had a little disagreement. A little disagreement? <laughs> I'm not necessarily disagreeing with anything you said no, I other know, than <laughs> other than yes he's 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 earned uh you know what would be considered a third line so I'm just saying that that isn't uh that isn't the way I would assemble my lineup um I'd I'd look for the chemistry amongst uh the trio. I'll remember that when we face off in fantasy hockey. All right. About how you would assemble your lineup. I see. <laughs> So another player, of course, that has a big question mark, uh, and uh, I've been on the record plenty uh, in this in the past months saying that this is the year for Ryan Paling. Uh, Ryan Paling has paid his dues. Ryan Paling has put in the work, uh, even at the times that everyone in the media and fans tried to claim that he wasn't putting in the work. Ryan Paling was actually putting in the work, uh, and. He has also been another one to experience a lot of growth this past season. He was uh, one of the, one of the top players in Laval last year. Very good season in the AHL, uh, as you're going to hear in a little bit. You know, he's he's been all out this off season in getting ready for this training camp. Uh, his his conditioning is good. His strength is good, uh, and he's really just come a long way in his maturity and his attitude towards his game, uh, Rick. And uh, he also was asked, you know, 
what is it that you see as as your role and what have you learned in the last season and and what do you have as ex- expectations for yourself to make an impact with the organization and and here's what Ryan had to say yeah i think i mean 2 years ago looking back i would say my consistency wasn't there and i i, I spoke with the coaching staff in Laval and i think that's what i worked on really good last year is just playing really good defensively and creating chances in the offensive zone I think once you play the right way and kind of show that consistency, your game will just take off and coaches can rely on you. And I think that's how they see me as a player. And that's how I want to be in the NHL. He, he worked on his consistency. He was given an opportunity to work on his consistency mm-hmm. as well. He was not given that opportunity the year before. Um, not put in situations, not put in face-off situations. Um, you know, he, he, he didn't have that opportunity. And it was a difficult season for him. Last year, uh, he was given an opportunity. He uh, grabbed that opportunity and ran with it, and uh, absolutely led the led the team in scoring, and and was absolutely one of the best players in Laval last season. One of the things I mentioned was that his attitude has come a long way as well. He's really maturing. Um, and he he knows that he has to work hard. He knows that just because he was a top prospect coming in and becoming a pro doesn't mean that he's just going to be handed things. Um, and uh, he he talked about that this week as well. Um, I, I think the coaches do a good job of just every year saying, you know, there's open spots everywhere. You just got to do your part. So it's not like there's any promises out here. You just got to earn the spot and take it yourself. So I think that's the biggest thing for myself is just realizing that and going out and doing it. Several times, as as in the first clip, he talked about um, throughout that his uh, media availability wants to be uh, the, the proved to the staff that he can be relied on, that he can be trusted, that mm-hmm. he can be put in any situation. Um, he wants to show that uh, to uh, the coaching staff and uh, and earn the opportunity. He does, and I I think I really true I I truly believe that Ryan Paling is going to. You know, we've we always hear the phrase. Uh, in fact, Caden Gooley used this phrase during rookie camp. But we hear this phrase a lot in in camps of uh, players wanting to make the decision difficult for management. Uh, Want to make the decision hard for Mark Bergevin, and I think Paling is going to be one of those who has the determination and the maturity that he's going to make the decision difficult. Um, and uh, you know, it's not just the coaches that are that are noticing Paling's growth. Uh, Nick Suzuki was asked about uh, Paling coming into this camp, and uh, he had some pretty significant things to say. Yeah, we talked a lot through the summer. Um, he's really, yeah, he looks really good on the ice. Um, looks bigger. Um, I think uh, he definitely hit the gym pretty good. Um, so he's looking quick. Um, but I've always liked his game, and uh, hopefully he can uh, make a push for a roster spot here. So Paling has a strong advocate in Nick, yeah. <laughs> Nick Suzuki, obviously, um, but talked about, let's remember that uh, Ryan Paling's season was ended early uh, because of a wrist injury, mm-hmm. uh, which required surgery. Uh, he had 12 weeks uh, that it took for his wrist uh, to, uh, to recover. During that time, he was uh, doing a lot of lower body work. Uh, and then had five weeks to rep- to prepare um, once his wrist was uh, uh, ready for that, and and uh, and and he worked hard uh, this summer, uh, obviously in the gym, uh, but but that lower body work, as Suzuki said, also helped his skating to make him quicker. 
it did. And uh, I think he's going to, I think he's a real contender to earn a roster spot this season. We've been saying that for months. Uh, it's ever since even last season saying that what we could see last season looked like he could really have a strong camp. Uh, and, and now as we're in camp, uh, it's, it's, I think he's definitely has a legitimate shot to finally make this NHL roster. Uh, and it's going to be, I think that's going to be one of the most fun battles to watch in these preseason games is to see what Paling puts out there uh, for evaluation. And, and you know, the Mike Hoffman situation, him being out four weeks obviously changes things. Uh, but remember, Matthew Perot, um, primarily a, a winger for the last five years, although people are saying, you know, he, he played center in the past uh, because of his back issues, probably on the wing. Cedric Paquette also um, uh, can play the wing, um, and uh, Jake Evans has played the wing. Uh, so there might be some shuffling around uh, that uh, will allow a player like Ryan Paling to get in the lineup um, should he, he grab that opportunity in training camp. Absolutely. Now on the back end, the big question, of course, is who's that sixth defenseman going to be? Who's who is going to comprise that bottom pairing? You've got, uh, you know, Brett Kulak is is in there. Chris Weidman's in there. Uh, Matthias Norlander and Caden Gooley are in training camp, so they're they're showing what they uh, they can do. Matthias Norlander made it very clear that his goal. Uh, coming here uh, to North America for the first time in this training camp is to make the team. Whether whether that's going to be the case or he's going to go back to Sweden uh, remains to be seen. Uh, Caden Gooley also um, coming off of a, a summer of of rehab since he with a, with a hand injury of his own, his season was also cut short last year. They are all competing for that for that spot as the the Canadian sixth defenseman. Um, but Norlander and, and Gooley really have been a big focus, uh, it, both in rookie camp and in training camp. Uh, in fact, so much that media are are consistently asking some of the veterans uh, what their thoughts are on the young guns uh, so far in training camp. Uh, and Josh Anderson had some comments about both of them. Yeah, I I think they've they both look good. Um, obviously, they have a little bit of maturing to do, and and you know that obviously comes at a young age. But you know, just seeing them both on the ice today, and and them going against me, um, they were holding their ground. Um, they were they were strong kids, and they had good sticks out there. And um, I think they're going to be uh, good players for a long time. You can just you can just notice it the little little details in their game. So um, I'm excited to see what they can do in the rest of the training camp. So for uh, a, a good test for uh, a young defenseman is to go up against Josh Anderson. He's quick. He's physical. He His role is to push defensemen back. And uh, I, th- I thought it was a pretty, uh, that, that was a really high compliment. Josh mm-hmm. Anderson said, uh, against me, they stood their ground. Um, and uh, both in, in being physical and, and using their sticks. I thought so too. I mean, <laughs> no better compliment that than a veteran saying that you're making their job difficult uh, on them. So, um, and and to say that they held their ground uh, was is is significant as well. Listen, both of these prospects have a future in this organization and a and a bright one. The question is going to be, how soon are they going to be called on to make an impact? Um, you know, it's to me, it's a little up in the air. Um, and 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 we we think of the recent talk about 
rushing prospects into the NHL. We we think about the recent comments from Rob Ramage of of as a development guy, he prefers to let them cook for a while, as he said, uh, and really let them mature into their game. So, I it, it's it's likely a long shot for Norland or, or Gouli to to make the opening night roster, but. For sure, uh, f- to have that kind of a comment coming from Josh Anderson in this camp and early in this camp, not having had played a game yet, uh, is is r- a really good indication of of the upside of these two. Um, now, David Savard is new to the team, so he's kind of getting accustomed to everyone in the lineup, but it doesn't mean that someone uh, of his stature and his experience in the NHL doesn't have a good uh, analytical eye for guys that he shares the ice with. And and in fact, you mentioned that he performed very well with Mikhail Sergachev uh, in, in Tampa, that perhaps he'd be, uh, you know, a good influence for uh, a young Alexander Romanov. And so his comments on uh, defenseman Caden Gooley, uh, also very encouraging. I think it's just his skating ability, the way he uh, he skates on the ice. He looks calm. And, you know, like I said, like I've been uh, trying to talk to him as much as possible on the ice uh, between drills and stuff like this. And after one rep and, and, uh, you know, he's uh, he's a calm kid and you know it's fun to see like I, I just remember uh my first few years how nervous you are and you know and stuff like this so I think that the way he looks all calm I think he's gonna he's gonna grow fast and uh and become a really good player talking about Gooley there twice used the word calm uh how he's processing things um one thing in the rookie camp but then to to jump ahead uh to the the main camp and still uh bring that calmness uh, in in a first camp for Gooley uh, is is very impressive. Um, David Savard was with Caden Gooley. Uh, ben Sherat was with Matthias Norlander. Mm-hmm. Um, both uh, youngsters able to to benefit from the experience um, and and the tips that they are being for given sure. uh, by by the the, the veterans. Um, I think both of them are showing very good things uh, that speak uh, towards uh, the f- the the future being bright for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't see either of them. I see uh, Matthias uh, Norlander benefiting uh, from uh, from going back to Fralunda. We yep. saw him in the rookie camp, uh, some defensive difficulties, uh, and that was at at that level. Uh, Caden Gooley uh, looked pretty good, but uh, another year, given that he did, did he played uh, so few games last year, another uh, uh, year in the WHL and, and uh, with Prince Albert and giving him the opportunity uh, to maybe captain uh, the world junior team for Team Canada would be um, enormous for his development. Um, so I, I think that, uh, that, that, that those are reaches uh, unless they, you know, uh, blow the socks off of people in, <laughs> in training camp. But I think that's the, that's the right approach for those two. And it mm-hmm. doesn't say anything about, uh, you know, anything negative about their, their experience, uh, at training camp. Uh, but I think it'll come down to 
Brett Kulak, Chris Weideman, who there's mm-hmm. some questions about his experience last year in the KHL. Um, you know, Cody uh, Golubov, uh, his experience most, he has some NHL experience, but his, his experience most recently has all been with the AHL. Uh, Sammy Niku has very limited experience in the NHL. Uh, so I think the, the Canadians are going to uh, work with uh, what they have and, uh, and, and, and go from there going to a slower development model with, uh, with, with, well, a, a, a normal, natural development model with yes. uh, Gooley and, and Norlander. And keeping in mind, uh, when you talk about time for development in prospects, forwards typically develop the quickest, mm-hmm. defense a little bit longer, goaltenders the longest in terms of a development arc. So so it's, it would be... In order for a, uh, someone of the age of a Norlander or Gooley to crack the NHL uh, at this age would mean that they would need to be playing some extraordinary hockey as a defenseman. And and again, it's not a knock on them. I think I agree. I completely agree with you. I see both of them uh, going back to their respective teams, getting another year of experience under their belt. Uh, and uh, and coming back uh, stronger, wiser, more mature, and more developed in next year's training camp. I agree. Now, here's an interesting exercise. Two weeks ago, uh, on on episode 154 of the Canadians Connection podcast, um, you and Chris G actually went over uh, some questions that needed to be or were expected to be answered during training camp. And so uh, we thought it would be a little bit of a fun exercise now that training camp has started to go back and just quickly run through those questions and see if any of them have been answered. Quick check-in, uh, as we'll do um, from time to time to see, yeah, if we have uh, if we have answers. So the first one was, beyond Nick Suzuki, what will happen at the center position? Well, still evolving, right. I think, and we've and we've covered that. We've yeah. we, we know we know Dvorak. I think the one thing that's uh, become a little more clear is that Dvorak is likely the second line center, uh, and still some questions to be answered on the on the the bottom six there. Uh, we just talked about this one. The second question was: Will Ryan Paling make the opening night roster? To we'll be see. determined. <laughs> uh, who this has seems to have an answer. Who will be the winger with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield? Tyler Toffoli. Uh, Tyler Toffoli looks to be that, uh, and uh, but that was very uh, a very open question just a couple of weeks ago. It was as was. What will we learn about Jonathan Drouin? Where will he play? Because reminding folks that uh, Drouin had come out a couple of a, a few weeks ago and and mentioned to a reporter that if if uh, that he would definitely be comfortable playing center, which sent social media into an absolute tizzy. Uh, as as if Jonathan Duran had a question mark at playing at center. And it looks like he'll start on the way. Although if uh, Dominic Ducharme said he's not close to the idea of, of Duran at center, uh, but it likely would, would need uh, some injuries for it to happen for him to wind up there. Next question, I think is an interesting one. It's, will there be any surprises? Jesse Alonin, Matthias Norlander, Lucas Vedemo. I have yet to hear one person mention Lucas Vedemo's name 
at all in this training camp so far. In fact, he's slated to to be on the fourth line in the preseason in the first preseason game uh, Saturday night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. But you, ha- there's I, I think there's been so much attention on the other young prospects. Lucas Venemo so far flying under the radar. Lucas Venemo is um, is a player that you can rely on. He's a known quantity. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's reliable for the role that he can play. He's versatile. Um, and, uh, he can, he can put in some, some special teams minutes. Um, he, he's likely going back to, uh, Laval, Laval. Mm-hmm. um, and, and may play a prominent role there. Uh, but he should be thought of or considered when, uh, when you think of injury replacement for a specific yep. position and role throughout the season. Absolutely. Uh, next up, will Alexander Romanoff be paired with Chris Weidman? Brett Kulak, um, David Savard, Who? David, David Savard. I we, mean, we don't know. We don't know right now. Uh, just the way the groups have, have worked out in camp. So right now he's been paired with Jeff Petrie. We know that's not going to be the case, uh, for opening night roster. So really can't answer that question yet. Unless, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. You just don't know. Uh, who will fill the leadership vacuum without Shea Weber, Corey Perry, and Eric Stahl? This was the whole leadership thing. <laughs> Ducharme worked himself into knots answering this question the other day. Well, um, Shea, Shea, they, there will not be a captain. No. Uh, we, we, we know that. Um, Shea Weber will be in touch with, with the... The team, um, I saw an article from Francois Gagnon, RDS, who said, uh, let's, um, let's ensure that Shea Weber is the captain and, and let's find a way to involve him more and bring him into to, uh, Montreal. And, and uh, Dominic Charm said he'll be in, uh, he'll be in and out, but uh, he'll be mostly uh, at home in BC and checking in from time to, well, uh, apparently he checks in daily with uh, with players so he's going to be involved um dom Descharmes said uh, uh gallagher brandon gallagher is going to have a a permanent a um mm-hmm. and that uh paul byron out till january uh there'll be other a's but those will be on a rotational basis absolutely uh last but not least question that you had reviewed uh two weeks ago is Mark Bergevin going to sign the rumored three-year contract extension prior to the first regular game of the season? So far, we still don't know. Yeah, this one's getting more interesting, and, and I see more, particularly uh, in the French media, they're they're writing about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of focus. Um, there's there's rumors of a three-year, of, of a four-year to, to cover the period that uh, Carey Price has left to kind of match up those uh, contracts. Uh, talk about, uh, there's been a lot of talk about why hasn't Jeff Molson come out and uh, sh- thrown his support for uh, <laughs> uh, Mark Bergevin like every other uh, owner has done in the NHL with a similar situation with a GM going into his uh, uh, last year without a contract uh, and, and talking about, <laughs> well, it's, it, it, it is true in some situations uh, sure. it, it's happening. It's happening in, in Tampa um, uh, with, uh, with Breezebois. And, and so um, it, it's really interesting uh, and talking about a potential rift between the, the Molson and Bergevin 
we don't know what what the case is, but we do know this: that um, if if uh, this isn't settled by the end of training camp, if Mark Bergevin hasn't received a contract extension, um, it he's likely not getting one, um, and and then we'll finish out his his last season. Um, that's that seems to be the the prevailing consensus. Uh, things can happen. We know that. Uh, but, uh, I think we'll have our answer in the next couple of weeks. Bye Mark. (laughs) That's not me indicating what I'd prefer, but, (laughs) uh, yeah, it's, uh, the insert, uh, Michael Jackson eating popcorn gif here. Uh, it's certainly Mm -hmm. the, the drama, uh, it's kind of the the unspoken drama of, of training camp right now is keeping an eye on what's going to happen there. So mm, can't wait to see how that turns out. Uh, we are now going to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection. Up next, uh, it is the Have Your Say segment. We're going to talk a bit uh, about what's happening this week. We are going to talk about uh, a little preview of the game action. Co- yes, there's game action to preview this week. Uh, so we're going to give you all of that and more when we come back. So stay with us. You're listening to the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net.
And welcome back to episode 156 of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Don't forget, you can follow this podcast at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at canadiansconnection.com. And of course, if you've got something to say, if you've got a question, if you've got some feedback, comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line at 5853-ROCKET. Rick, really, this segment today, what we want to do is make sure that everyone uh, in the flurry of activity that's happened this week, we want to make sure that everyone uh, hasn't missed anything on the Rocket Sports websites. Uh, Of course, uh, we mentioned Habs Notepad and, and the Habs headlines that come out every weekday morning at allhabs.net. We did mention uh, at the top of the show, Ben Dankyu had a a game day ritual episode of the Habs Fan Forum video segment over there on the All Habs YouTube channel a couple of weeks ago. Uh, This most recent episode that he did this past week uh, that's there as well, episode 35, uh, has to do with his uh, his kind of training camp predictions and and talked a bit about who he was excited to see, uh, who he thinks kind of the dark horses are going to be, who what prospects he's excited to watch, some predictions. So be sure you head over to youtube.com slash allhabs and be sure you subscribe to the Allhabs YouTube channel and check out the latest episode of Habs Fan Forum. Uh, and of course, Rick, uh, it's with great satisfaction and excitement that I get to say that uh, there's games happening this week. There are games happening uh, (laughs) this week. Four games um, of various sorts uh, happening this week. So make sure you bookmark allhabs.net. You want to go there uh, for all the uh, uh, post-game coverage. You want to go there for the the Habs notepad, for the uh, Habs headlines during the week. Uh, You want to go, and if you want to join in the discussion, you want to go to our our fan page at Facebook. If you're a Facebook user, facebook.com slash allhabs. Join in with uh, 50,000 other Habs fans that uh, love to leave their comments there. Um, and um, make sure that you share this uh, podcast with your friends and fellow fans um, because there is game action this week. Tonight, Canadians in Toronto for the first preseason game. Uh, Tomorrow, uh, the annual red-white inter-squad scrimmage at the Bell Centre. At the Bell Centre on Monday, uh, the Leafs are in town. Uh, to uh, play the Canadians, and you'll see a different lineup uh, than you will tonight on Monday night. Um, and then uh, Friday, uh, there's uh, the 1st of October. Uh, it's the Canadians in Ottawa for the uh, the first of a series of games with the Senators. The uh, the two games against the Leafs uh, promise to be... Now, granted, uh, you know, there's plenty of prospects. It's not like it's the opening night roster, but it is the first time that the two teams have, have faced off since the Canadians ousted them in the first round of the playoffs. Um, John Tavares will be in the lineup on Saturday tonight uh, for the Leafs. First time since he uh, experienced that injury in the first round series. That's right. He even uh, was quoted today saying that uh, tonight's preseason game to him is uh, a little more important than preseason games of the past. Uh, so obviously he's he's recalling his early exit from the playoffs and is anxious to get out there uh, tonight. Uh, 
And, uh, you know, Jason Spezza will be out there. Jake Muzzin will be out there. Goaltending matchups. Uh, it looks like Michael Hutchinson's going to face off against uh, Caden Primo and uh, Michael McNiven tonight. So lots of fun, lots of action. As Rick said, you'll see a different lineup for Montreal on Monday night's tilt. It'll probably get Group A into action that night. Um, and uh, be sure you're following at All Habs on Twitter for, for in-game updates. And then check out allhabs.net for post-game recaps of all of those games. It's going to be a fantastic week. Really fun. Lots of fun. Uh, and then next Saturday, you know, we met, I just mentioned him in the last episode, but uh, you'll be rejoined by Chris G in the co-hosting chair next Saturday for the next episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. We'll welcome him for sure. Absolutely. I'm sure you two will have something to disagree about. Always. <laughs> and of course, we want you to be sure to subscribe to the Canadians Connection uh, and the Press Zone on any of your favorite podcast apps. Uh, share the podcast on social media. It's the best way that uh, that's basically your endorsement to your followers that uh, you enjoy listening to the Canadians Connection and it's the best way to grow our hockey listening community. So hit that share button, hit that retweet. Uh, we're so uh, grateful to have you along as listeners uh, and uh, we just can't wait to see the Habs take the ice this week. Thank you for sitting in the hosting chair and you'll be back in a couple of weeks. I will. You can't get rid of me for too long. Nope. <laughs> uh, thanks to everyone. Thanks to Rick for having me today. It's uh, always fun to come and co-host the Canadians Connection and talk to all of you fine folks and Habs fans out there. So enjoy the hockey. Enjoy the preseason. Uh, can't wait to get it all started. And we'll see you back here next Saturday for another great episode of Canadians Connection right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.